Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog Podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. We have the same last name. That's awesome. Yeah. For almost 20 years. I remember the first time I wrote down my name with your last name. We were registering for our wedding dishes at Dillard's. Mm-hmm. And I wrote on the form, Melissa Edgington. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. This is the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast, uh, number 63, I think. And we're in the middle of a May madness, for those of you just joining us. It's day 14 of 31 straight days of podcasting. Yeah. It's awesome. We're, we're almost to the halfway point. Yeah. <laughs> and it's causing me to sort of like lose track of days. I wake up in the morning and I don't know what day it is. That might not be the podcast's fault, but I'm going to blame it on the podcast. Could it be your age? It could be my age. <laughs> Do you ever have those days where you just wake up and you're just like, what day is it? What's happening today? No. You know, just by panic. And then th- sometimes it happens on a Saturday morning when there's nothing to do. That's the best feeling. I know. Yeah. Especially when you wake up and you think, oh, it's Monday. Then you realize, wait. Wait, it's Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to be chronologically challenged in that way, to not know what day it is or what time it is. Ever since I've been a stay-at-home mom, which now has been about 13 years. Isn't that unbelievable? I have had a hard time knowing what day of the... The week it is? The month it is. Oh, yeah. I can usually tell what what day day of the week it is, but... Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Well, today was kind of a weird... I usually have a a Monday off, Um, can take a Monday off. I went in for a little bit today to work, to the office, and then we went to... We drove to Abilene for a funeral for Melissa's uncle, and uh, it was a military, kind of a military funeral. Yeah, you know, I haven't been to very many military funerals. I think I've been to maybe one or two others, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting. It's quite different than a regular funeral. Yeah, you know, I remember I preached at my aunt Joe's funeral. At the I did the interment or the grave the graveside, and we did that before the memorial. Oh, you weren't there. Yeah, you always forget that yeah, I wasn't always there. forget that you you weren't there. <laughs> I was home you with a sick, sick child. Kid. You have a sick yeah. child. So this one was at a big uh, national cemetery in Grand Prairie, Texas, and they had like three driveways or three lanes, and so you would you were in funeral A, funeral B, or funeral C, and whenever all the people from funeral A got there, they had a lead car and they took you out to where you were. Then they took the B people out to where they went and the C people, and the funerals lasted fifteen. I think 15 minutes Hmm. and then you were gone. And then there were three more funerals in the lane. I mean, they were just, they were just burying, you know, all day long out there. And it's kind of a popular, uh, I guess if you, to be buried with military honors and and those sorts of things. So I, I got out there, they pulled us out there and there's like a, a military person, a soldier. Is that what they call Yeah. There's a military employee. I don't know if they were actually soldiers, but the person had a clipboard, and they looked official. And they said, uh, they said, where's the pastor? So I said, I'm doing the ser- service. Okay, here's the way we're going to do this. You will, we will uh, get into the vehicles at such and such time. We will come to the pavilion at such and such time. You will preach for approximately 15 minutes, and then we will, we will, that will conclude the service. 
And I remember I looked at the guy with the clipboard and said, I can't even say my name in 15 minutes. He's like, you will today. <laughs> and sure enough, I preached for about 15 minutes and it was over. And there was just somebody standing there looking at the clock. So uh, well, today, I think I had they... someone give me a three-minute warning, but I don't remember. I thought it was you, but it must not have been you. I had somebody me. give me a three-minute warning. Well, today we were all there <clears throat> about 10 till 2, mm-hmm. but they would not allow anything official to begin until exactly 2 o'clock. Well, see, as a pastor, I can appreciate that. I don't think a funeral should start early. Well, in most cases, it it probably can't. Yeah. But I think they, they knew that... This was it. It was coming. I think my aunt knew for sure that we were all there. We were all there. Yeah. So I... I've had, you know, usually when you're you're the preacher, one thing you can say about a church service or a funeral is you can say with with somewhat with confidence, you can say, well, they're not going to start without me. Except that one time that they did. And then there have been funerals where they do start without me. Okay. <laughs> and I'll like walk out, put my microphone on whenever the family's being seated. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So it happens every now and then, a uh, little mess up like that. We we have been to so many funerals together. Um, there have been some interesting experiences. One of the most interesting was there was one funeral. It's been a while back where um, while we were singing, people were... Getting up and exiting the that was weird. funeral home. Yeah, yeah, very weird. That was so weird. It felt like we shouldn't have been singing at that time. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes there's a little awkwardness in the planning of them because you don't think about how it's actually going to kind of play out. Yeah, so we're singing and all these people are just walking, like filing past us while we were singing. Yeah, it was kind of. I felt like we were street performers. <laughs> <laughs> she put a hat out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you want to, contri- if you want to contribute to, to the cause, uh, we'll take change. Uh, plan for tips. Uh, thank you very much. No, the in, uh, funerals are also very interesting. Um, you know, to preach in. That's one of the few. Well, I don't. I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, you only really preach at funeral homes and churches. Uh, but people at funerals do get up and walk out while you're preaching quite a bit. Because if they're a smoker and you've gone, you know, sometimes it's hard for a smoker to go for like about every 30 minutes, they need a cigarette. Right. And so once you're into that, once you get to the sermon part of it, it's just like they've had enough and they're already like under stress because it's a funeral and they'll just get up and go. Yeah. And uh, maybe they'll come back in, sit at the back or whatever. So you just can't let that ruffle you. But today there was a, there was a baby at this funeral that was playing, making some noise, crying a little bit. And so you had these military guys from the Air Force, I think they call them airmen. You had the airmen that were standing there, and they were in their dress blues. They were the the honor guard, and they were folding a flag. And so about what what percentage do you think of, of that funeral was taken up with flag folding? I think the flag folding, I don't know about it was at least percentage, half of it. but I think it took about... 20 minutes. You think it was that long? Uh, it felt like a long time to fold. Well, see, and it was a really neat funeral. The, the preacher did a good job. They had the funeral home had some kind of incredible sound system that was portable. Yeah, and it, it sound, was really The music good. sounded great. They played the, I see skies are blue, red roses too. Is that your impression of Louis Armstrong? Yeah, that's all I could do. <laughs> I see skies are blue. I can't do, I don't know. I can't do it at all. 
I think to myself, I don't know. It's more like Adam Sandler's. <laughs> so what a like, wonderful world. It's like Lunch Lady. Yeah, it's like <laughs> but that sounded so good. And every time I hear that song at a funeral or any, anywhere, I just think, that this song is one of the best songs. Like, every part of it is perfect. Remember, we've sung that at a funeral. Yeah, and I, I was trying to get them to, to do the recording. But it was, it was it's a fun song to sing, yeah, too. It it's got fun. really pretty chords in it. and So someone that did the string arrangement for that Satchmo's recording was really, that's uh, beautiful. And so it was a really awesome service, and they had the guys that did the three vo- three volleys of shooting the guns, and the taps was played. I thought the taps was, to me, the most, the most, I don't know, it just felt like such a moment when they played taps. Yeah. I just wish they would use a real trumpet. And did you see those those two other um, chief, wait, wait, what was the title? It was chief. Yeah, but what's the whole, oh, chief master sergeant. Chief master sergeant. Is that not a cool title? Yeah, chief, ma- chief master those sergeant. Those two chief master sergeants over there when they started playing they taps. They did their salute. They saluted. Yeah, I saw it that. It was so that cool. Was cool. Uh, but anyway, the flag folding, uh, they had six airmen that were the honor guard, and they were holding the flag over the the deceased's ashes. And they folded it, and they did like this long sort of presentation where they checked to make sure the angles are good, and they salute the flag, and then they kind of hand it down the line to their whoever the boss man was of the six of them. And he looked at that thing, and he was just like, no. This isn't going to work. It's not folded well enough. And it kind of had a weird... But, you know, he was right. I mean, I thought it looked really great. And then whenever they unfolded it and did it again, it, it looked, looked so way much better. better. Yeah. It was too, like, puffy. And guess, the corners I mean, weren't good. He knows what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, but he saw that. They handed it down there. And he was like, no. And you think, did none of the... I guess he's the one that makes the call. Like, yeah. They couldn't just say, to start over. Because I thought it looked good the first time. It looked all right. But it did look better. I knew there was a problem, though, when they couldn't get that one corner. And then they handed it back down. And then they... So so you're you're standing there, because we didn't sit down, which was dumb. You're, sta- you're standing there. It wasn't it wasn't hot. I mean, it was... The weather was, was decent. But you've watched them fold this flag for, like, five or seven minutes. And then they undo it. <laughs> And they start the whole thing all over again. Yeah, but they did. I, they went much faster the second, second time. Second time they were a little faster, yeah. The first time it was really... Um, well, their arms were getting tired, I'm sure. Yeah. They oh, held their arms up yeah, that whole time. because they stood there through the whole pastor sermon, all the music. Yeah, their arms have been up for yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, it was neat. And, and, they, and, and they were really good at... They were staring at the guy across from them's chest, something on their uniform the whole mm-hmm. time. It was really yeah. good. Except for that one that was kind of... Looking around. He kept looking around a little bit, but he didn't move his head. <laughs> he didn't move his head. It's just, his eyes were just moving around. That would have been me. I wouldn't have like, been able to... He was like a picture at the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. <laughs> he was like looking around. Yeah, anyway, so. it was a really neat, neat funeral. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, when there's some... I, I, I'm going to attribute them messing that flag up to the baby. Because it's hard to concentrate sometimes when the baby's crying. Could be. Yeah. Could have been the baby. I don't know. It just could have been the flag, you know, that had, it had not been ironed, maybe. I don't know. There's probably a lot of re- like You don't know. We should have gone up to them afterward and, like, give us a play-by-play. What what happened there? Like, they do after a football game? They don't, um... They, they were, they they were they gone. They don't make those guys very accessible. No, they were they were out they of were there. totally they, official. Yeah, they were gone. So, I don't even and see I where they And I love that. Went. That's what I love the most about a military funeral is how... 
how serious those guys are about it, you know? I mean, they're doing everything exactly according to how yeah. they're supposed to do it. It, it, was, and it was good. Yeah, it's cool. Official. So we went down there for that, and then we came back and uh, stopped at two convenience stores where I bought cookies at both places, so I did not eat supper tonight because I had so much cookies. You had a lot of cookies. I had cookies tonight. Yeah. A giant oatmeal cookie and a giant sugar cookie. We didn't do well on our carbs today. Oh, man, we did not do well. So there's always tomorrow, after all, as Scarlett says. Tomorrow is another it's day. another day tomorrow. Yeah. So let's um, uh, let's jump into um, our topic. Let's do. Because we've got some things we need to do tonight. Number one, we need to finish watching Les Mills. Is that the way the cool people say it? I think so. How do you say it for real? Les Miserables? Les Miserables? Les Miserables? Les Miserables. I don't know how to say it. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. I don't know. But it's Jean Valjean. I've got to find out what happens. It's Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. And we've got a 24-hour Amazon rental. And so we've got to finish this podcast so we can get to it. Also on Masterpiece Theater, Little Women. Little Women's been recorded. We couldn't watch it last night as we were, as I was really looking forward to seeing little people in big dresses. And so maybe tonight <laughs> I'll get to see these tiny people. Oh gosh. Okay. So you know, you know what's really cute though? Little bunnies. Our, our, if you've been following, I guess our baby bunnies have been born during. May Madness. I'm going to have to post a picture of the baby bunnies on my Facebook page so y'all can see them. They're so... The dwarf They're at the perfectly cute They're they're still not even there. Like, they still have a little more... More cuteness Like, two or three... I would say in another two or three days, they're going to be at the max. Optimum cuteness. Yes. Yeah. And that's when you'd want to sell them, but I'm not sure they're weaned. Yeah, they're too little. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get into our topic tonight. Okay, remember we're doing 31 things to teach your kids in 31 days. And tonight we're on number 14, which is teach your kids how to laugh at themselves. Mm, That's hard. You know, and some kids have an easier time doing that than others, even in our family. Yes, well, there is a certain age there where it's very hard for kids to laugh at themselves. I would say from... From about four years old to maybe around six or seven, a lot of kids get really Mm self-conscious. And, you know, that's a really cute age in there. And you're laughing at them a lot because they they say cute things. And and then you laugh and they cry and you think, no, what you said was hilarious. Yeah, they they can get very sensitive during those times. But then when kids get older, you can really start to develop that skill in them which i believe it's a skill to learn how to laugh at themselves and it's a very important social skill to have chad is really good at at training the kids in this i mean he basically picks at them all the time (laughs) and um of course yesterday i had a major fail okay well let's not talk about that okay yeah (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I pick at them so much that they cry, and then I have to. That's another one: is teach your kids how to how to ask for forgiveness, and I teach them that because I'm always having to apologize and ask for their forgiveness because I am such a jerk. But I'm working on that. That's part of the sanctification process, and I'm just getting better every day. Yeah. 
hope. <laughs> but I keep saying dumb stuff. <laughs> but, um, you know, our kids have learned with Chad, or the older two have. Emerald is still in that phase of not wanting to be laughed at. But um, the older two have learned that about 70% of what Daddy says is not serious. Yeah. And so they have learned to laugh. Because I think that's my general personality. I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've got some serious aspects to my my mojo. But mostly, I've tried to go through life pretty carefree. Would you say that's true? No. You don't think I... You don't, you, you, what, what, carefree is not a word that describes Chad Edgington, but well, funny is. So why, why do you think I'm carefree? I'm, I feel like I'm kind of a free spirit. Well, I mean, that's funny. That, this there's a difference between being a free spirit mm. and being carefree. Okay, yeah, but I, are we getting into like a Jahari's window thing here? That I there's. <laughs> Maybe. Do you think so? Because I'm perceiving be. myself in a way that is not. Yeah. Yeah. So. So do y'all remember Jahari's window from psychology your psychology one hundred one? Your freshman year, and your mind was being blown by your philosophy and. Uh, what is it? Not philosophy. Psychology professor. Yeah. So yeah. the window. So the panes of the Johari's window remember. are okay. the way you see yourself. Okay. The, the, uh, okay. So there's those things about you that that you see and no one else sees, right? There's things about you that that others see and you don't see. And then there's things that everybody sees. And then there's things that no one sees. That's not exactly how it is. I think that's the, I think that's the Jahari's window. No, there's things the... nobody knows. There's things you know. Things other people know. Things everyone knows. So I'm in the pain here that there's things you see that I don't see. Okay. How do you, I, how do you remember the well, window? Well, I would have described it a little bit differently, but I think it's the same thing. Okay, describe your Jahari window. Mine would have been... Um, this is actually Melissa's window, because I think I just really gave you a good summary of what Jahari's window actually is. <laughs> I I was thinking of it more in terms of who you think you are, who other people think you are, who you and other people think you are, and then who you really are. Oh, okay. Mine's My Jahari's window is a little darker. <laughs> The great unknown. <laughs> Which who you really are and what nobody sees is probably the same thing. Yeah, well, that's true because nobody actually knows. Like who you really are, you don't know and other people don't know. Yeah. So it's a great unknown. Right. Do you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes. Can you say them all? Um, okay, there's... Let me do them. Because, oh, you know the song. Because whenever <laughs> Bob Knowles put these actually to the tune of Lola... <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been able to forget them. I've probably okay. sang them on this podcast before, but here's Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And this is really, if you just know these two things, Jahari's Window and Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. You know all you need to know that's, about psychology. That's it. That's all you need to learn in college psychology, unless you're going to major in it. Physiological safety needs, belongingness needs, esteem needs, self-actualization. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Physiological safety needs. Belongingness, esteem, self-actualization, self-actualization, self-actualization. That's how we would do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, so if you got your Maslow's and you got your 
Jihari. I don't remember anything else from Psychology 101. Yeah. Well, anyway. I don't either. So, um, how to get how to teach kids? Uh, just as as I would say, many of the topics we've had. The way you teach a child to laugh at themselves is you have to be willing to laugh at yourself. Exactly. That's kind of a key. Yeah. Um, Can't take yourself too seriously. Right. And, and you, you really, it's hard to to train yourself not to be easily embarrassed. Yeah. I t- even I tend to just be embarrassed easily in my in my heart, but I shake it off like Beyonce. Was that shake who? it? No, off. That's Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't remember. Beyonce was the put a ring on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those are the only two songs I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That are like rap songs. No. Those, uh, aren't, those aren't rap songs. Whatever they are, they have rap in them. <laughs> no, they don't. Okay. Those are the only songs I know that Oh, are... wait. Taylor Swift's song kind of has, yeah, yeah it has a talking maybe, part. Maybe Beyonce's doesn't. I don't know. Someone suggested that we name the bunny Beyonce. Or really? Maybelline. Because of the eyeshadow. Oh, I actually like show. that. I like Maybelline. Yeah. But it's probably a boy. So yeah. It's funny that bunny that cute, it just looks feminine. Mm-hmm. And yet there are half of them are boys. Yeah. Bucks. They're not, they're bucks or does. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. Right. Sorry. So I remember something that happened. This was one of those, oh, my kids taught me a life lesson things is um, a long, long time ago, back when I was still uh, giving Adelaide showers. We call them giving him showers in our house. Because one of the kids used to say that, give me a shower. No. They would say, Mama, will you take me a shower? Oh, take me a shower. Take me a bath. Take me a bath, Mama. Anyway, um, I was in there turning on the water. And little Adelaide was standing there. And she said, Mama, you're turning the faucet the wrong way. And I said, I'm however many years old. I think I know how to turn on a faucet. Mm -hmm. And she was right. I was turning it the wrong way. And so rather than, you know, getting all prideful about that, I had to, in that moment, laugh at myself Mm -hmm. and say, oh, I thought I was so smart, didn't I? And you were so smart all along. And we laughed about it. Right. And I think that that's hard for parents to do, especially when you're acting all large and in charge as I was in that moment. Yes. But I think it's important for us to do that. I don't always do that. There are yeah. times whenever I don't find it very humorous. <laughs> when, you, when you make a mistake? Yeah. I don't know. You know, my mom just was so crazy when I was growing up. I think it really, I was almost embarrassed for her because she was not embarrassed by anything. Yeah. You know, so I, I would, I've mentioned before how she would sing so loudly in church and I would just think, why is she singing so loud? Or, um, you know, she, my mom was like a rap pioneer. Yeah. Uh, she she was. I, I've told the story. I know before some somewhere maybe here of her driving all over town to find a rec an, a vinyl record of rap beats. Yeah. So she could rap English lessons in her junior high English courses, and she would just do crazy things. And the story, you know, where she was in a teacher in service, and the the the, the lady said, "Okay, everybody, take just a." 
a few minutes to write down the craziest thing you've ever done. And so my mom was standing there and she couldn't think of anything. And so she stood up and just screamed bloody murder in the middle of this auditorium full of women. Just screamed at the top of her lungs, shrieked. And then she said, thank you, and sat down and wrote about it. <laughs> you know, but That's she one all, of my favorite Betty stories. Yeah, she's just always crazy like that. Just would, you know, put herself out there. And when you're, when you're kind of shy or you're, you're growing up, you're watching that and you're thinking, you know, that's, I can't, I could never be like that. But then it actually teaches you to be like that because you see the result of it is she's having more fun than everybody else. Right. Cause they're, cause they're self-conscious and she wasn't. Right. And so that, that, um, I guess that taught, taught me a great lesson. So I think you just put yourself out there and teach the kids, we can, we can do this and you can do crazy things and it's hilarious. Yeah. As opposed to always trying to be prim and proper in every situation, just have fun. And I think that's helped our family that we could do something silly together and we do silly things together. Oh, oh, I've got a great example of this. Okay. So this is from this past Sunday. Oh, I have another example then. So, um, the, we were in the mall on Mother's Day. Was that yesterday? Gosh. Yeah, See? that was yesterday. And um, they wanted to go and get me a Mother's Day present. So they went down to Bath and Body Works. <laughs> and then they came. And I was in this other, I was in this home store. And they came up to me in this home store, you know, full of people shopping. And um, the three of them, no, four oh, of them. The four of them. Said, wait, said, wait, don't, oh, okay, don't okay, do okay, it. Okay, I won't do it. I, why can't I sing it? Because you always want to steal my punchline. Okay, you, you get the. Are you going to sing it yourself? I'm going to tell the story. Okay, okay, but you have to sing it. What we did. <laughs> get the full effect. I'll let you sing it when the time comes. Okay, Just okay. let me tell the story. You go ahead. Okay, so. Stop fighting with me on the podcast, <laughs> Melissa. You're making me embarrassed. That's what it's like to live with her, y'all. I just got dressed down for trying to sing to her. No, no, that's not why. And she's like, you're stealing my punchline. Look, I'm funnier, okay? <laughs> okay, so. You're the straight man. <laughs> they, that's so true. <laughs> you're the straight they walked up to me in the store. Before you, before you tell it, remember we were at the, we were at the ladies' retreat? And I said, you know, this, this weekend's been great. It was just a bunch of like 30 women, all these beautiful women at this retreat for First Baptist Breckenridge. It's like I felt like I was one of the girls uh, joking around, playing all the games. And I said, it's been really fun, you know, just to be here, be one of the girls on the, on the women's retreat because I was helping lead worship. And Melissa said, well, actually, you've really been more like the, how did you describe it? You've been more like the monkey playing the little box. Oh, I said I was the organ grinder and you were the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was more like the monkey. Anyway, so go okay, ahead. Okay, go so, ahead and tell the story. No, you tell it. I don't I don't want to tell it anymore. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> go ahead. So they walked up to me in the middle of this store, and we told you that we're the greatest showman fans, so we have been singing all the songs. So the main song from The Greatest Showman is, this is the greatest show. So they walked up to me and they started singing. Chad, what did you sing? It's everything you'll ever want. It's everything you'll ever need. It's waiting here in front of you. This is the greatest soap. And we handed her a bath full, <laughs> a, a bag full of Bath and Body Works. It was so funny. And, and a new loofah. 
Which that new loofah is luxurious. <laughs> it was a $4 loofah. Well, it was worth it. Yeah. I'm never going back to the dollar loofahs. Really? That's I'm, over. Mm. Just trust me. You've never had a loofah experience like that. It well, is Maybe I'll borrow decadent. it. Decadent. No, um. you're not borrowing my loofah. <laughs> you, you don't know where my loofah's been. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't pretty. <laughs> So anyway, that was just such a funny moment, and I will always remember that, that all three of the kids were willing to belt out that song. They sang it loud in the middle of the store, and it was such a funny moment. My funny idea or memory, or it's not a, it's something we do. We're big, you know, we're big Six Flags people, and we love roller coasters. We love theme parks. We do. And uh, so... There was a show when I was growing up called Banana Splits. This is going way back. If you remember Banana Splits coming on TV on like Saturday mornings or when you got home from school, mention it in the comments because I want to know if anyone knows what I'm talking about. I didn't remember it. Yeah. So I remember Banana Splits. It was like a live action kid show with these giant dressed up characters and the beginning, the opening segment of it takes place at Six Flags. And I was telling the kids about it that the log ride's really old at Six Flags. There's the flume. It's one of the oldest rides there. And it's so old that you can see a video of it on YouTube from like the 60s or 70s. And there's no trees around the log ride because the trees haven't grown up yet. Yeah. And now it's just trees everywhere. It's like a forest. It goes to a little forest. So I showed them that video, and it's the theme song for Banana Splits is... Tra la 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 one banana two banana three banana four something bananas make a split and something many more tra la la I can't remember the words la la the kids know it though so we learned so we were singing the song and then when we got on the log ride the next time we went to Six Flags that's the song we sing on the log ride yeah we sing tra la 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 and they sing it loud and we just go through tra la laing. All the yeah. way through. And it's just fun, and, and it's silly, and they're not embarrassed to do it. Yeah. Because we're all doing this together. But I think probably the most common place that we need to be conscious about teaching kids to laugh at themselves is when they make a mistake mm-hmm. or when they um, fall, trip, <laughs> you know, or do something they weren't intending to do that ended up being kind of silly or making them look silly. Mm-hmm. Um it will save them a lot of heartache as they grow up in school if they learn how to laugh at themselves and don't take themselves too seriously because they're going to mess up a lot. They're going to do silly things they didn't intend to do, and they can either you know, let that completely crush them or they can learn to laugh it off and say, well, that happens to everybody, and wasn't that silly, and mm-hmm. I looked like an idiot, and you know, life goes on. Yeah, and a lot of the reasons we, we've gone back uh, earlier episode of May Madness talking about we can go back to the idea of teaching them how to have fun and to not be afraid to do fun things if they think they're too um, cool I think that's what we said don't be too cool to have fun it's sometimes the reason that they don't want to try something that would be fun is they feel like they might be embarrassed if they did it wrong or if, you know but I think teaching them to take that risk sometimes you wind up when you take a risk laughing at yourself because you blew it Right. You know, I do that when I sing a lot of times. I can't hit the high note, and it just sounds terrible. But I went for it, and then I laugh it off, and I put it in a different key. Right. You know, so 
Well, you know, doing the Wednesday night program for me, you know, I am up there every week dancing, which, you know, dancing is not my forte. I am not very good at dancing, but I had to learn to let that go. And the kids don't care if I'm a good dancer. Mm-hmm. They they don't care at all. In fact, mm-hmm. they would probably rather me not be perfect because they're not perfect either. Right. The motions of some of those songs are hard. We just we just don't take ourselves seriously. We just go for it, and if we mess up, oh well. Right. So give have that attitude amongst yourselves. Yeah. And uh, don't don't if you if you're if you're teaching your kids that you can laugh at yourself, it makes it you know they're watching you for cues on how they should act. And so we want to be be teaching them those things that you're, and I think that makes you more approachable. You know, I laugh at myself so much that just people approach me and ask for money. Maybe that's what it is, but <laughs> it makes you approachable. It makes people think they can come and talk to you, and there's not there's not a threat. Right. And I, and I think that's important. So all those things, just just be be somebody that is. Uh, I guess I'm not lighthearted and carefree. But you do. are lighthearted. There's, there's carefree is just a whole different thing. I guess I do have, I do have a lot of cares, don't I? Well, you know, you're yeah. a grown man. I'm you a, have to have cares. I'm forty. <laughs> Forty-three. Forty-three. I'm, I'm come after me. I'm a man. Well, I think it's hard for parents sometimes. Just on a closing note here, we tend to get a little too serious at times. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I really want our kids to remember about us someday when we're gone is I want them to remember us laughing. Yeah. And I don't want them to remember us casting a a shadow or a cloud over everything with our ultra seriousness. There are times to be serious, but most of the time you don't have to be that serious. Right. And you can just in the moment when it's time, you tell the kids like the preacher saying or said at the funeral today, uh, there's a time for everything. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the teacher, the Koheleth, saith, there is a time to laugh. And this is that time. Yeah. And just let them have a good laugh. So, yeah. Well, thanks for listening tonight. We're going to wrap this sucker up. All right. And I'm going to go watch Little Women. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.